0: Welcome to The Thriving Marriage, the podcast for those who want to get their spouse back in love with them and truly thrive.
1: You'll learn why 95% of people don't save their marriage and the secret method no one else is talking about that will change everything for you.
0: Are you ready? Let's turn tragedy to triumph. Here are your hosts, international marriage experts, Mark Johnston and Heather Choate. All right. I think we're live here. Welcome to the Thriving Marriage Podcast. Uh, with me today is Sergio. Sergio has been working with us for for quite some time, and he's been wanting to to join me on the podcast today. So welcome, Sergio. I'm glad to have you here.
1: Still, 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 still in the workshops, in the trainings. If you book an assessment yet, we we'll likely have uh, talked together. So yeah, we're going to be discussing some new things here with with Mark today. Excited yep. to see you guys here.
0: Exactly. So the one of the topics that we're discussing today is how to save your marriage when your spouse doesn't want to. We're going to talk about a few other things as well. But before we get into all of that, uh, we always, always like to share a client one of the week. This one is coming from permission from Jude. Jude says, um, the High Thrive Marriage Reboot works Uh I'm just wondering if I'm reading this right. Anyways, my husband says that he wants to make things work. He swept me away for a night for my birthday in another city for dinner and pampering breakfast in bed and then came home to cake and the kids and cars that made me cry. This program works. It's been about six months separated in the same home, but finally seen some changes. So this is exactly like what we talk about a lot on the podcast here is. We we see a lot of crazy, crazy situations like six plus months feeling separated in the same home to situations like this. And this isn't really that uncommon. I think a lot of people get into these situations and where the spouse is, has one foot out the door and they're like, there's nothing to be done. But I don't know, you talk to a lot of the clients, you, you see a fair amount of this as well, don't you?
1: these people disbelieve disbelief that because their spouse is doing this or that they cannot get it back there is no hope but mark over the years have told me that it's not really about what your spouse is doing or saying it's about the storing her head most of the store, most of, most of the time the storing her head is crazy right it's what we call the alcoholic analogy right mm-hmm. she's an emotional alcoholic she's not an actual alcoholic that we get a fair of people with, with alcohol problems for sure, but her being an alcoholic is making her, of course, do all these crazy things. You should not be surprised that an alcoholic is acting crazy, right? You should ex- get to expect that behavior. So, anytime you're supposed to do anything negative, we just tell the clients, expect that. It's normal, right? Because it's yeah, true that. So,
0: exactly. And so, like these sort of cases here, it seems really hopeless or it seems really terrible and like, Sergio just said this is these are the kind of things that we expect from the situation so I'm so glad that this worked out for this this one client and like you said these are the things that we we see all the time so I'm going to see even more of it (laughs) anyway um Sergio you were saying that you you wanted to discuss a few things in particular and we certainly want to get into the the topic of today like how to save your marriage when your spouse doesn't want to but you're saying you want to bring up some things i believe yeah
1: because that's gonna be the name of our next workshop we're gonna be doing a, a master class another training coming up soon with a lot of new things it's gonna be an interesting experience too maybe uh we can discuss how to explain some of these very complicated concepts to people who don't really like know much about like the methodology itself because most of you guys have improved yourself most of you guys are trying to be a better husband, a better wife, are trying to listen more and trying to control your anger. All this great progress you guys are making, right? And we applaud that. that that's beautiful. That's great. But it's not enough. <laughs> just because you change yourself, just because you improve yourself, doesn't mean that your spouse is gonna see the change. And even if she sees the change, I was talking to somebody like 10 minutes ago that says that their spouse, you know, said, Hey, uh, you look better, right? Just because they say that, it doesn't mean that. It's going to change their story it doesn't mean it's, it's gonna be enough to move things forward right
0: no we see that all the time like we see clients come in and they say well I've, I've been trying so hard i've been doing all this stuff i've been making all these changes so why why doesn't my husband or why doesn't my wife come back to me and that's really it, it's it's a mistake it's the wrong kind of thinking with this that's a little bit what you're saying there right it's exactly it doesn't really even matter well i mean it does it does matter what you're doing but like that's not the full picture no, but it's not we... enough it's like... exactly that it's yeah there's just like this is how everyone goes into it they're like and i think a lot of the other programs when i look into them this is how they approach things they say okay well if you're the better husband if you just focus on yourself or if you just make some self-improvements everything's going to be good and that's that's just really not the case
1: no that's for intermediate cases for like intermediate easy cases yes that's really good advice and some of these other people really good give good advice but for extreme cases the top 10 percent like you guys it's bullshit it's not enough it's like if you have a huge fire in your house and you're trying to just pour buckets of water into the fire is it good mark will answer technically he will say yes better to put some water than nothing right i will answer you know it doesn't matter directly it's nothing it's meaningless Wasting your time, it's good for you, sure. But improving yourself is not enough to get her back, right? You should <laughs> always good. improve yourself.
0: Yeah, it's good for you as in like, yeah, it feels good throwing these buckets of water. It feels like you're doing something, right? Can <laughs> it's <not> gonna <laughs> shower. anything It's not enough.
1: If the problem was fixed by you going to the gym, by you being a better husband, by all these things, it would it would have been fixed by now. True. It's not the solution. The key goes into the keyhole, but it doesn't open the door. It's a mirage, it's an illusion. It's not the real solution.
0: All right, so I do think that like a couple, if if we're talking about like, what do we people do with this? Cause we're saying, hey, what's the wrong way to think about this? I, I do think like a, a couple really big concepts, especially if you're looking at like early stages searching, and correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, like, correct me if you think that it's something different. I think the a, a big two concepts at the early stages, you got to consider what access and narrative. Yes uh you know access one just to kind of define what we're talking about um access in in my opinion it's like this measure of comfort in the relationship it's also like a measure of like how well your partner lets you into their life how how comfortable they are how much they're actually going to listen we, we, to we, need you.
1: To, we need to really simplify that what so do you mean, what? i feel like we're going too much to deep there How do we explain to people who are new listeners, don't know us, we're going to teach this in a workshop, right? So part of what I want to do today is like, I want to challenge you, Mark, because you know way more, to see if we can explain this concept that you and I know so deeply, as simple as possible, right? Because we're going to be teaching in this workshop next week um, about access, right? And why access is the only way to tell whether there is hope or not, right? So how would you rephrase it, like, for somebody who's never heard of it? Like, what is access exactly?
0: Okay, well, as I'm thinking about it, um, it's just like, (laughs) no, I'm trying to, I'm really trying to simplify it down. As I'm thinking about it, it's just like, do you have contact? Do you have interactions with your spouse, and how comfortable are they with you? So, like, we could look at it on a bit of a spectrum. Um, You know, we we encounter some people who say, you know, my spouse is leaving, and they don't want to talk to me at all you know, they might allow me to email them and text message them, they might say. And I say, great, that's that's some amount of access, right? Yeah. And that's really, like if... Access. I'm sorry, what was that?
1: Yeah, that's all we need is, like, the access, right?
0: Well, yeah, go ahead. Sure, you know, like, and I think, like, at these early stages, people start to really freak out when they're saying, okay, I can only email and text. Uh, and, you know what, that's fine. It's it's honestly it's fine if you only have some minimal access. We we deal with this all the time. It's there's a lot of things to consider, but it, <laughs> I'm 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 listening to Sergi a little bit here. I'm I'm trying to like keep it simple and not go into too too much depth here, but there's a lot of things to consider, but there's a lot of things that you can do to bump that access up. And you know, that's what we want to go over in the in the um the master class next week. Uh the other concept, though, we're talking about, like, narrative, right? And um, once again, c- trying to consider how to keep this simple. Like, to me, narrative is, it's it's like the story that your partner is telling about you and the relationship. They're, they're opinions. They're not, they're not necessarily facts. It's just what your partner says to themselves in their head about the situation. And... Those two things, uh I, I don't think I'll, a lot of people are really considering this, Sergio. What do you what are you thinking there? Like I I think a lot of people are looking at what can I do, what can what kind of changes can I make. They're not really considering how do I have impact on what my partner story is and how do I get more access here. They're not they're not thinking about those things.
1: Exactly. And and this is interesting. So if you guys are listening, like really pay attention here, because it's gonna be a hard kind of teaching moment, but to go back to the, to talk about narrative, the first point is what are you guys looking at to tell if there is hope, right? When you are one day happy, one day sad, how how is it working? Well, what you do is you look at your spouse, you see what she does, you analyze what she does. You say, oh, it's good. Oh, it's bad. Based on that, you move kind of your hope, right? You say, oh, today I'm more hopeful, today I'm more hopeless, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not true. That doesn't work. That is wrong. And most of you guys need to realize that is not how you calculate hope. If you calculate hope based on the actions of somebody who is, by the mere definition, negative, that's what we know. She's an extreme case. She's going to be negative most of the time compared to how often she's positive, right? Mm-hmm. What do you expect her to do? Of course, she's going to file for divorce. She's going to have an affair. She's not going to want to talk to you. She's not going to do anything, of course. It is the expectation. So if you look at her that way, all you're doing is reinforcing yourself the idea that there is no hope, when her actions don't mean anything. Her fighting for divorce, her asking for separation, most of those cases don't mean that much. Because with the cases we work with, we are really extreme cases. The reason she's acting that way is because there is a story in her head that is making her act that way. So when you look at the outputs, when you're looking at what she's throwing out there, right? what she says, what she does, It's biased. It's biased towards negative. So she's trying to convince you there is no hope effectively. The moment you believe it is when there is no hope. What you need Mm. to do is stop believing what she said or does. Sure, listen to her. Sure, acknowledge her. Whatever. That's not the point. It's not therapy, right? You need to mentally understand your mindset of don't let her fool you into having no hope. I was talking with somebody a couple of weeks ago that his, um, his wife, said things like, look, you can go out. You can go with another woman. I don't... Just do whatever you want. It's over. There is no hope. go with another woman. Mm -hmm. He believed that, right? Because she said it so convincingly, right? So logically. You're like, you know, he's a logical businessman. He's like, okay, it's over. I'm going to go with another woman. He went with another woman. Weeks later, again, that was before he started working with us, but weeks later, he actually... Met the spouse again with some of the divorce proceedings and whatnot. She found out about this other woman, and she got so upset. She said, "How could you do this to me? I love you so
0: much." Huh? I, no, like I know, I boss. know exactly who you're talking about, Sergio. I've had some good conversations with him. And he, Yeah, like I get what you're saying. There is like here's Don't this trust her. Yeah, here's this person who's saying, "Don't even bother. Just, just go. Just leave me." And then like how does that make sense where then she turns around and says why why did you do exactly what i told you to do <laughs> and gets upset about it it's exactly you're making a good point there like where it's really hard to gauge how hopeful things are just based off of how negative you can't it's like you play the roulette
1: wheel and you're like trying to guess what the next number is it's not how it works
0: well, I we have to okay. I'm I'm sure there's going to be some people who are going to have some argument here, and I'm sure that, like the argument is going to be like, well, okay, you're telling me that this is her story, that this is their story, that there's all these bad things, and the argument here is going to be that, well, there was actually factually some bad things that happened. Maybe yeah, but you that's how the like, story got built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Like maybe you, the person listening maybe you actually did cheat on your spouse, or maybe you were really angry and you called them names, or maybe there was a lot of arguments or something. And we're not trying to say that factually speaking, there weren't bad things or that your spouse is crazy for believing that the situation is bad. That's not at all what we're trying to say here. It's more that like, yes, of course, you know, with everything that's happened, your, your spouse is going to be upset, and they're going to be negative, and that they're not going to have hope, but that isn't really a good indicator of whether there's hope or so not. So hope, exactly, because if you're getting your hope from somebody who is in more pain and more
1: hopeless than you, what are you doing? It's like a wrong—this like, doesn't make sense, right? It's not, that's not how you do things logically. If you want to be logical, don't believe what she says when she's not being logical. If you're here listening to us, you're likely dealing with an extreme case. The way you handle extreme cases is totally different from how you handle intermediate ones. Intermediate ones, you do the basic thing everyone talks about. Open communication, sure, but what if she doesn't want to talk to you, only about the kids, very strict boundaries, then what? Rebuild trust, sure, you rebuild trust, but then what? She still doesn't see you as a husband. She still is not attracted to you. She's not in love with you. You can trust friends a lot. You can trust your enemies a lot <laughs> to engage in negative behavior, right? She likely trusts you to engage in negative behavior now, right? The point is that all the general advice doesn't work out because it's intermediate cases. For extreme cases, we look at the story and we look at access. which just kind of do circle back to the main point, right? How do you tell that is, if there is hope? I find it's easier to teach people in the negative, like how to not calculate hope, right? So how to not calculate hope is by looking at her. Or to calculate hope, we have a lot of variables. We have around 115 different variables that we go through. So we cannot go through all of them. That's up to us to diagnose. But the main factors are how much access can you give us to her? How often can you talk to her? How often can you see her? How often can you phone call her? How often can you text her? Some of you guys are lucky enough to live in the same house. That's perfect. Most of our clients are not. That's why it's an extreme case because they're living in a separate households. We have to come up with excuses to get them to see each other, to go out on dates, to do all these things, right? So access and then how horrible the story is, which... It depends a little bit. It's not that much of a factor compared to access. But if the story is really horrible, um, then it's still hope as long as you have more access. I feel like the how hard the story is, it's not an indicator of hope, but rather an indicator of how much access you're gonna have to her. But I don't know. That's kinda my yes. theory.
0: You no, know, I, I see what you're saying there. Like as an example, if you know, you have someone who is saying, you know, you people listening your spouse is saying, Oh, you've been abusive and I can't even stand the sight of you and you know, like everything is, exactly. is horrible and terrible, and I can't believe I was ever ever married to you. That's a that's a really difficult situation, but we can still have some positive impact there if we have more access and if we have some ability to talk about those, some of those things, if we if we have some ability to have an impact on that narrative.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we have quite yeah. a few people live now watching us on Facebook too. So if you have any comments, let us look here in the chat on Facebook. We're happy to, to explain some of the things. Uh, but yeah, let us know your situation. We might be taking some examples to like you know use from your cases if you want to share it there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's an important point. Um, another concept that I think is going to be useful to them it's going to be the the escalation ladder maybe we go through. that would be really interesting. Like how to go from texting to like having a date, being intimate. That's something most people don't even talk about.
0: Okay. So like you're talking about, you know, we're talking about these two concepts, access and, and, and narrative. And you're talking about like, how do we actually go from point A to point B with access? Like how do we actually improve some of that? How do we get the situation feel a little bit more comfortable? So your partner is willing to go from just emailing to maybe texting and phone calls. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying?
1: Exactly, right? What I'm saying is that most people out there just giving like vague advice on like be a better husband, clean hmm. the house, <laughs> listen to her actively, go to the gym, read books, go to therapy, whatever, right? That's A, that's what you should have been doing a long time ago, right? That's probably why this happened. Sure. just because you do it now is not is not how it works right um it's like you started the fire you cannot just you know do the same things that you would do to prevent a fire pull one off <laughs> this is not how it
0: works well and i think like we get into this a little bit when at least when i'm talking with with clients we talk about this going like as going into like husband or wife mode as in here's your spouse pulling away and so you're going to go to them and try to do the Things that would have worked a long time ago, like by declaring that you're so in love with them and telling them that you're going to fight for the marriage and <laughs> telling them that you won't you ever, can't. ever stop fighting for the marriage. And or try, like you mentioned, like trying to take over remember, everything.
1: We were reviewing some of the messages from clients and this client particularly was conveying that, that I will never stop fighting
0: for a marriage. You're, did you remember those messages? Well, yeah, and that's it's a terrible message. It's like digging a deeper hole. In, in that situation which like doesn't make sense it it doesn't make sense a little bit like here you are of course if you're wanting the relationship back then shouldn't you tell them that you love them and shouldn't you tell them that you you're going to fight for things and
1: she doesn't see time, you that way. that's what they don't get like she doesn't yes. see you as a potential candidate for a husband at all <laughs> it's like yeah. if you're dating her i was i was telling this particular client i think i think i read your conversation there as well um, because we get many clients with these with these things, and we always use the same analogies. So we usually tell clients, look, if you had a random woman in the street and you go up to them and you say, I love you so much, I'm always going to fight for us. She's going to call the cops. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. need to understand that your wife or your husband has been thinking about this for a long time, has developed uh, a stronghold of a narrative, right? A very well-protected narrative that you didn't have time to assimilate yet. So they see you as their ex, one, whereas you see them as the wife that is a little checked up, which is not the case. It's very checked out, the very extreme case. And the way you make somebody fall in love is not by proposing to them. It's by being around them, becoming their friend, becoming their good friend. Maybe you invite them to a movie. Maybe you kiss them, right? And you escalate from there. That's what we do with clients, right? We work out what is the story of your spouse week after week you talk to them you go through what we call a cycle every week so you have two or three practice interactions that you practice with mark or with your coach right you practice what you're gonna say. we can be your spouse you can be you and then we switch the roles and then as you go through these cycles the story gets softer and softer and as the story gets softer we make you go ask for things in exchange so we ask you to you know you've changed a lot, right? And you've been showing her and she's been positive so far. Now they're going to ask to see her more often with an excuse. Like, hey, let's agree to be good co-parents, right? And mm-hmm. again, that's extreme cases, right? If you're living with her, you're an extreme case, but it's a really good case. Most people we see are living separate, right? If you're living together, contact us right now. We can fix this immediately. It's super Seriously. easy compared to a separation, right? Seriously, um, yeah. But what I was saying is that And again, that doesn't mean there is no hope if you're separated. We get most of our clients, in fact, being separated because most extreme cases are, by definition, separated, right? The point is, um, after all those cycles we go through, we escalate. We have a bit of a ladder, of a staircase, right? At the bottom, we have things like emailing her, which is the worst, right? Texting her, which is the second worst. Phone calling her, which is a bit better. Seeing her in person with an excuse. Seeing her in person as co-parents, seeing her in person as friends, seeing her in person as a date, kissing her, being intimate, right? We have this whole ladder going up that most people don't realize is the ladder, the staircase they need to go up to. Because the moment you're kissing her again, you're being intimate with her, regardless of anything else, you have most of the work done. So our job is to change the story enough to get you to the next step, enough so she wants to talk to you, enough so she wants to see you in person as a co-parent. Enough so she can see you as a friend. Enough so she can consider maybe going out on a date with you. Enough so she can kiss you. Enough so you both can reconnect, right? It's all about the concept of enough and having clear steps, which, unfortunately, there is not out there. This kind of thing.
0: And I'm going to point out, like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're talking about these sort of things as, like, the early stages of fixing this. We, We haven't even really gotten into... The whole meat and potatoes of this, like, this is just to begin to get a little bit of traction in the situation. Like, we haven't even started discussing all these, like, the resistance phase and how there's very likely going to be some resistance to a lot of the changes that are being made. Uh, we're not talking about stages where we are starting to balance out the relationship or we're bit to... confused with that, I think, with the resistance stage.
1: Like they tend to think that, oh, I'm in the resistance stage because she's giving me resistance, and I'm like, no, you, you're not a client, you, you're not in any part of the treatment right now. Yeah,
0: right. I, yeah, well, I mean, it, I mean, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're probably getting a little bit of resistance, or I'm sure they're getting some rejection, but it's it's different. Like
1: it's, a, it's not uh, not a worthwhile trade. When we get resistance from the spouse, we do it because we're trying to make progress. So we're trading a good chance of making progress in exchange of a good chance of getting resistance most of you guys are playing in the neutral, are trying to play it safe, which means you are risking any resistance you get, you didn't get any payoff for it, very likely, or very small progress, right? Yeah. I don't know what do so, you
0: think. I, I want to yeah, talk about that just a moment more. Like You're talking about the kinds of actions people do and the resistance they get and the kind of payout that they get from all that. I think what, like one of the things that I talk about a lot uh especially at the earlier stages is you know i I give some very very specific clear-cut structured advice on how to go and approach uh their spouse how to talk to their spouse and usually somewhere in there is some amount of you know towards the end of a conversation some sort of bid for something healthy and i and i tell the clients this i'm like you are making this bid for some sort of solution like hey maybe we can talk about this some uh, you know like a little bit more but i'm also telling them like at the same time they're probably going to say no they're probably going to put up some resistance they're probably going to uh reject that little offer and i'm saying that's i'll tell the clients this is fine this is actually exactly what we're expecting and exactly. you know like the whole thing there we're just trying to plant some seeds and this is i think a concept that a lot of people don't get it's In my mind, a lot of these early stage actions are about setting up a certain position within the relationship rather than actually getting the results. There's a lot of setup that's needed to be able to get things to move along a little bit later on down the road. And people, I think a lot of clients are like, Okay, I'm doing these actions, and it's not getting them to change. They're not coming back to me. Why isn't this working? There's this is a hopeless situation, and I can't make anything to work. And that's just the wrong way to view it. And I think we that this is why we get so many people coming in and say, "Oh, there's nothing I can do, and it's hopeless because I tried doing this one little thing. I tried having this one conversation. And they said no. I'm like, that's not even. You're like ten steps behind where you're you." um where you think that you actually are and we're not expecting them to say yes quite yet and that's fine you get what i mean Sergio like uh what are your thoughts there
1: no i agree mostly like
0: i think we should disagree more
1: if <laughs> we want <more entertaining laughs> people sure. but i think like we're just disagreeing with them with like the outside because people just have the courage people just genuinely have the courage to think that they can just get dealt in life, an extreme case, a top five, 10% case, right? Mm-hmm. And they think they can wing it. That's <laughs> the challenge we really have. It's not fixing the problem. It's getting you guys to understand that you cannot fix it and that there is a solution. Our biggest challenge is less convincing you're supposed to come back. It's a challenge, but we have time for that. It's to convince you guys that A, you're not hopeless. You just don't know how to assess hope. And B, it's not that there is no solution. It's that you just Don't know what to do because you are inside of the bottle. You cannot read the label, and everyone outside—all of the experts, all of the therapists, all of the marriage conference talks, like you know, Oprah, Tony Robbins, whatever—like big names even—are giving you vague advice that is not for you. You are dealing with an extreme case. That's our job here today: is not to teach you what to do to fix, because that's going to take a long time, a lot of thinking. Mark cannot teach you how he thinks about the problem, right? Once you practice with him, once you role play with him, and you see how he reacts and what he says and what he would do for you, then it's how you learn through actual practice, right? Um, but anyway, it's kind of it's interesting to reflect on that, right? That the real enemy is not the spouse, it's your own head, a little bit. But yeah.
0: When you said there, like there's a, there's a lot of okay advice out there, but just not for a lot of the people who are listening to us about this particular problem, because I could go in and Google like how to get your wife to talk to you. And, you know, I actually have Googled that <laughs> sometimes. Occasionally I'll go in and I'll see what other people are saying and just to kind of get a good gauge on like what what the advice is out there. And I look at all this advice and I'm like, man, this really doesn't fit what's going on with the the people that I'm talking to because so much of that advice out there is... Intended for a different part in the stage in the relationship, and so many so many people out there are you know they would they would go right along with a lot of what what our clients are saying. It's like if it gets to this point, there's no hope, and that's just it's not the case. I mean, we were just sharing just a moment ago, just earlier, Sergio, where we were saying, hey, someone was saying, hey, I was separated. I was in I was an in home separation for six months, and then they made it all work. I had. I was talking to a uh, couple that I've been working with for a little while. They were sep- like living separately for a year and a half. And now they're at a point where they are discussing moving back in together and like just, they're going over but, the logistics. maybe they're they going
1: up. as a couple. When you started working with them, they were not a couple, only one No, person. no, no, it was, it was
0: it was just the wife that um, started working with me. He didn't want to talk to me at first, not at all. Of course,
1: I and mean, he shouldn't even know she was working with you, right? because she's trying to change the story. So the more they know about you, the harder it is.
0: Yeah, no, this particular couple that I'm I'm thinking of, like she started working with me. She wasn't telling him that she was working with me. And then at some point I was like, okay, he's he's getting on board. I think he's ready to, to talk with me too. And so he started joining in the sessions and there's still some challenges there, but uh, it was really interesting to watch that go from a situation where they had been separated for a year and a half and then go to this point where they're like this was the this was the problem part of the conversation last time i spoke with them they're like well we're getting out on a lot of dates and we're trying to navigate like buying this house together again it's just like sometimes i just want to tell him that i i I need more time with him i was like well why don't you just tell him and she's like okay i will and he's sitting right there and he's like oh okay you need some more time with me fine that was like the that was the big problem that they brought up this last week. And I was like, oh, well, that's anyways, I'm not to, not trying to to be dismissive or trivialize the, those sort of cases. I'm just saying, like, we can get people to go from the situation where they hardly talk together, don't want to see each other to getting out on dates, talking about moving back in, tr- talking about buying a house again together. And that's just what that's what we do.
1: Exactly. Right. And here we have an example, I think we were discussing it earlier, but um, clients that do whatever they want on their own, like we tell them to do something, they do it, but then they try to be proactive and do things on their own, right? Yeah. And it just backfires because people on their own just don't know what to do. But yeah, I think we should wrap it up soon um, as well, but we covered quite a bit of things uh, today. We're going to be covering these things on the workshop too. Um, today's podcast is a little bit different, right? We focus a bit more on like the strategies that we we follow on our day to day, some concepts or some of you are already familiar with. We didn't talk much about the alcoholic analogy, but hopefully you guys are somewhat familiar with it. Um, but yeah, if it, you guys like, like this,
0: there's no. Yeah, I also want to, I'd love for people to comment if they, you know, we're trying a little bit something different here. We're just, Sergio and I were just trying to just have a conversation about. The topic at hand uh so we're 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 thinking about making a little bit of a shift in our our podcast so if you guys appreciated the conversation that Sergio and I had let us know uh if you think it's if if you think it's total crap what we tried this week tell us that too Um, we're always open to, to feedback and it's just here's the thing like Sergio and myself and Heather we're in this Every day, we've been doing this for like years and years. And so sometimes, you know, we we get into this position where we know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, we talk about it every day. We read up on stuff about this all the time. And we're always kind of trying to consider like, how is this being presented to all of you? Uh, and so I'll just admit on my end, it's hard for me to always see that. Uh, I always appreciate feedback. So if you have any, please let us know. Anyways, any last thoughts, Sergio, before we wrap up? No, here?
1: just uh, that's, it's interesting how there's so many people who are like texting their spouse, I love you so much. Or, hey, I had a nice day. I love you. And they're thinking that that's going to solve the problem. And then their spouse is texting back, like, I don't care. Or like a short <laughs> response. Or, hey, I sent a, a long message saying, like, I want to set some boundaries. And then you're like, oh, my God, why is this happening? And I'm like, dude, your spouse doesn't see you as her husband. You need to understand that. You have to date her again. You need to think that you're dating her. If you go all out and you're texting her every day, you have a date with a girl, and you text her 40 times and then the same day saying you love her, it's not gonna fly. And this girl, yes. you have a disadvantage, right? She doesn't like you. <laughs> so you have to know what you're doing, but you have an advantage too, compared to a random girl you might meet in a club, right? Uh mm-hmm. or in a bar or in a school or whatever, right? This one can't leave. <laughs> that easily right you guys have been together for years you have kids together she has a reason to talk to you right so you have the disadvantage of she doesn't like it that much compared to at the beginning you have the advantage that she can just leave right and she can just do that as long as you don't mess up you have really good chances but yeah
0: yeah exactly all right well with that i think we'll wrap up here and um as sergio is mentioning we are going to be going more in depth a little bit more technical with our conversation in the master class next week so stick uh look out for some announcements for that and otherwise we will continue on with our podcast next week hope you all can make it all right see you everyone
1: all right thanks for listening
0: to the thriving marriage your a to z blueprint for not just surviving marriage but thriving until next time my friends thrive on